0: Hi, I'm James Atkinson and welcome to the conversation that I recorded with Will Tatchell, founder of Van Diemen Brewing in Northern Tasmania. Van Diemen recently launched the first of their entirely farm-grown, single-origin estate ale beers, which are unique not only in Australia, but globally. They're the culmination of a passionate project by Will that got underway almost three years ago. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Will Tatchell, thanks very much for joining us on Radio Brews News. James, thanks very much for uh, coming down and being here in Tasmania. Nice to have a chat with you uh, on the seaside in, in Launceston. Uh, I think seaside is probably a, a slight
1: extension of the uh, poetic licence, but yeah, ripper day in Launceston as always. Beautiful sunny, clear days, 27, 28 degrees, perfect drinking weather.
0: Yeah, I'm actually wishing I was wearing shorts like you are at the moment, to be honest. Um, for people who don't know... You know the van diemen story tell us about the brewery so van diemen we're
1: situated 20 minutes south of launceston in in the northern part of tasmania Uh, we've been going for eight and a half years my backstory is essentially a um i'm tasmanian born and bred um and grown up on farms, um, my parents were, were both farmers, uh, went to university, did a science degree or an ag science degree there and during that time sort of realised the uh, the inherent links between brewing and agriculture and started to diversify a few more subjects uh, towards the, the brewing side of things um, but it was really uh, after university where I went to England and worked as a brewer over there where um, I sort of developed the passion for the industry and the knowledge and the and, and what was occurring and, and learnt pretty much everything that, um, that I now know whilst working over there. Um, came back to Australia at the end of 2006 and looked at where the market was and, and where it was heading and thought that um, the time was right to jump in the deep end and, and start up Van Diemen and uh, we haven't really looked back since and look, it's a, it's a great industry to work in and I have very, very, very few regrets about uh, the decision that I've made. And the brews on the family farm? Yeah, so it is. So um, we looked at sites when we came back from a, uh, from Europe, uh, whether or not to set up in Melbourne or closer to a bigger market um, or uh, setting up in an industrial estate in Launceston. But uh, the more we looked at it, the more there was a greenfield site on the brewery farm, um, on the family farm, and, and it sort of lent itself to, to producing English-style ales, which, which I'd learnt to brew in England, obviously, but... Um, but provide us a bit more opportunity to, to do a few things with regards to building and, and brewing. I say that it was opportunistic at best about, about making that decision, but uh, where the brewery has gone in the last 18 months to two years, um, we're, we've really started to push that, that farm nature and that um, being on-farm um, component, and I think it's working or will work beneficially for us going forward.
0: And we're about to see some exciting new beers that are that are all made from ingredients sourced on site. Um, tell us about the new beers that are being launched tonight in Tassie. So we've got we've uh, five weeks out from Christmas. We've decided
1: it's a great idea to launch six new beers. Um, whether it's uh, whether it's good planning or or bad planning, it's is we'll wait and see, but. Um, two of the beers that we're launching tonight are the first in our State Ale series. So they are single origin, entirely um, brewery farm grown, sourced, um, processed, and then brewed yeah, with ingredients. So that's taking barley uh, that we've grown on the, on the farm. We planted in 2015 and, and got a harvest off that last year, uh, and then has subsequently been malted. Um, Initially in Launceston at at the uh, former Not for Horses malting, Um, and we're now in development of, of putting in a maltings or a small maltings plant at the brewery so that we can do that process on farm. Um, and again we've got a, another barley crop in for next year's brews. The hops, the hop field we've had in for um, coming up to our seventh harvest so that's a, a mix of Cascade and Super Pride hops. The water, so we're drawing from springs on the property that, which feed a majority of the stock troughs uh, and dams across the farm. We've tapped into that and now that water source feeds a majority for our brewing operations. We, we're running it through a reverse osmosis water filter to, to give us some pretty pure water uh, coming through there. And then the critical component in the Estate Ale series was the uh, yeast development. So the work we've done with that covers across about two and a half years worth of work. So initially started from a spontaneous capture, um, doing a, doing some brews through that, isolating out the um, the wild strains and yeasts that were there, uh, and then subsequently going through some brewing trials with regards to um, sensory analysis with, with what each of those yeast strains um, allowed and stuff, and and produced with regards to brewing, uh, and what we were left with was two um, really great quality strains that uh, that now we've joined together to produce our Everton yeast strain, and uh, and that's what's now allowed us to kick this uh, into gear with regards to the estate ale. So the estate ales are named after my three sons, Max, Edward, and Oscar. And uh, the first one is Max, which is essentially a spring saison, a really light, uh, crisp, effervescent um, saison style. And we've thrown into it a heap of lemons um, to really match the, the yeast character um, that we're getting out of it. Um, and then the second one is Edward, which is a hoppy farmhouse ale. So we're trying to encapsulate a bit more of the hop flavour, the hop character, a bit more of the bitterness coming through from the, from the hops harvested in the hop field. Um, just on the downside of the brewery, so an Oscar will uh, come into play in the first half of 2018, and that'll be more of a malt-driven beer. So we tried to we tried to put out the the yeast-driven, the, the hop-driven, and then the malt-driven to to really showcase the the ingredients of the brews and uh, go from there. We have thought about doing a water-flavored beer, but we don't reckon that'll be that
0: popular. <laughs> There's already a fair few of them on the market, anyway. Um, how unique is the concept of an estate ale both in Australia and, and globally? From, from what I understand, um,
1: there's only a handful of breweries in the world that are actually doing this. Probably the best known is Sierra Nevada with their uh, estate ale. A couple of the, uh, the New York farm breweries are, are starting to, to get to the point where we're at now. Um, as far as the Australian market goes, uh, two metre tall Rocky Ridge in WA. I think they're sort of starting to push down a, a similar path, but as far as I'm aware, I think these are the first that um, that have actually managed to achieve the, the result of um, of producing these as state ales of, of fully encompassing beers. So, the furthest an in ingredient travelled for for these beers uh, from um, growing through to harvesting and, and then subsequently brewing is 435 meters. So. People will be familiar with the concept of food miles. Well,
0: as with everything, beer does it better, and we're turning into beer meters. How important was it to selectively choose these particular yeast strains? You know, were you thinking about doing it completely spontaneously in the first instance, and then decided that that would be a more sort of reliable or consistent way to go? No, it
1: wasn't. We always, um, we always set out on the path of, of making them arguably clean beers. Um, we are doing spontaneous um, beers on the side, but these estate aisles were always set out to be to clean, finishing beers. So from the yeast um, isolation, we isolated out the best part of 115 different yeasts. Uh, from a spontaneous capture. Um, we selected out 10 of those for further sensory analysis and from that we did a couple of, of small um, 20-letter batches for further sensory analysis and the two of them really showed promise as being that clean finished there were i mean the 105 that we knocked straight out we didn't even take them to sensory analysis because you could tell straight up that there was there was dramas going to occur through the brewing process they just weren't suitable for brewing so the um the two that we're left with now we had the option to to either keep them separate um or combine them and and we perceived that it would be more more representative of the um of the brewing component to uh, to actually adjoin them and, and use them as a single yeast.
0: And so the estate ales are going to be, you know, annual vintage releases, if you will. Where do they sit in terms of your portfolio, and what's kind of like the engine room of, of the Van Diemen business? You know, from a core range point of view. Yeah. So the, we have a core range of uh, of five beers. So a pale ale
1: and amber ale. Um, a white ale, an oatmeal stout, and then a, an IPA. So they're they're doing a, a, the uh, majority of the load with regard to war, workhorse uh, there. The estate ales uh, and some of the barrel releases and uh, eventually the spontaneous components are probably starting to more fit into where we're looking with regards to the farm brewery side of things. I'm pretty confident that um, we will release these estate aisles every 12 months if not we'll we'll, we'll try and get them to the point where they essentially become our core range we feel that it's important that people know where their where their beer comes from and we can't do that any better than being confident about uh, the product actually coming from soil on our farm and and from ground uh, and, and air around it so um that's that that would be the ultimate hope is that these estate ales essentially end up becoming our core range beers
0: and what happens to the existing core range then if if that eventuates
1: i reckon there's there's still a spot for them but uh me as a brewer i find these more exciting to brew um, more in keeping with what we're what we're trying to do and um, where we're trying to to point ourselves um, with regards to the brewery and I think that's something that's um, inherently important, and I think it's if we're if we're true to our word with with what we're trying to do and where we're trying to go. I think there's a state Ales play a, a huge part in that, and it's a, it's a project that's that I've been pretty passionate about for, for quite a few years, and to see them come to fruition, um, it's something that we that we want to try and push into the future. So, the core range that is now will still be there, but they probably won't. They, they'll probably
0: become seasonal releases. So, having launched in two thousand and nine, um, you guys are sort of like one of the elder, elder statesmen of, I suppose, the uh, you know the modern brewing era in Tassie. What was the le- the brewing landscape like back in two thousand and nine when you guys launched? Uh, can I clarify, elder statesman, still yet very much immature uh, in nature.
1: Um, look, at what, it certainly wasn't what it is now. I mean, now we've got. Uh, I think we were discussing it this afternoon. I think there's now 27 independent breweries uh, in the state. I mean, when we started, I think we were the we were the fifth, fourth, or fifth. Um, so it's changed from a sense that um, the plethora of, of breweries now now putting products on the into the market is is great, and for consumers that's brilliant. Um, but at the same time, the consumer uptake um, sort of eight years down the track is so much greater than than what it was eight years ago. So um, I think they're mutually beneficial. I think um, as a consumer continues to evolve, the offerings from each brewery continue to
0: evolve. Um, there's a benefit for everyone there. And one of the things that I've kind of seen when I've been in Tassie and that we've probably talked about in the past is just that you know the Tassie on-premise have been a little bit slower to embrace independently brewed beer. Is that something that you see changing gradually? Yeah, no, it is difficult. I mean, we're a
1: small business in a, in a highly competitive market, so we're up against it with regards to our independent competitors, and then we throw in um, two of the, the more historically strong breweries in Bogs and Cascade in the state, so it, it is going to be difficult. But over the last few years, you've seen places like St John, um, Tandy's, Empress, uh, the winston starting to open up, so there are pockets of the industry that are that are really starting to to glow and I think consumers are accepting of that and as more and more restaurants and, and venues start to click into that, um, I think the offerings from independent beer, both locally and from interstate, are, uh, are going to benefit consumers.
0: And so for Van Diemen, do you see yourselves focusing more on your local market? Or are you also looking to you know, grow on the mainland as well? Because you have had beer, um, I think, in Sydney. Having a presence
1: in the mainland is always something that we'd like. We'd like to have that offering there, whether it be um, as small as what it is at the moment. Um, Our focus at the moment is certainly the local market. I think, especially with the beers that we're now starting to to push out, um, we're really conscious that fresh is best. Um, The moment the beer leaves our brewery doors, we lose control of it effectively. So the the ability to, to deliver a keg an hour after it's been kegged off out of a tank to a venue is is incredibly powerful and i'm sure any brewery across the country will agree with that so um the local component is what's critical for us the more drive the more uptake we get from there the um, the better we see ourselves successfully and then existing further on into the future.
0: There's a lot of talk at the moment about how competitive the industry is generally and you guys don't have a cellar door or a brew pub or anything along those lines. Is that something that you've looked at, um, you know, introducing on the farm? Uh, it's a question that we perpetually ask ourselves about every 12 to
1: 18 months. We've got a brilliant site at the brewery that is tailor-made for, for a cellar door or brewery door type facility. I can't imagine it would be too far off. It's, um, we're, we're starting to have sort of further discussions amongst uh, my wife and I and m- my parents um, whether or not it's something that we wanted to put into the farm be brilliant if we did. Whether we can do that and when we can say that'll happen, I'm not sure. But uh, it's certainly something that we're trying to work towards. I mean, we're we're already doing everything else on farm. It'd be ridiculous of us not to um not to provide an offering where people can come and enjoy the beers uh, themselves. So, let's hope so, Jones.
0: How actively involved with the rest of the family in the business is it? Um, when you come up with the idea of this Daydales, is that kind of something that you talk about as a family group before deciding that it that it's the avenue that you're going to go down, or is it very much you you're driving all of the you know the creative strategic side of the business? I call my wife the traffic light, so I would normally come home
1: from work with uh, two or three hairbrain ideas, uh, and I either get a red, an orange, or a green light on whether to pursue those. Most of the time, it's a red. Um, so, Kaylee, she's essentially our marketing manager and, and the level-headed one of the, of the business, so um, she keeps me in check. Uh, my father, Robert, or Motor, as most people would know him, he's about as mad as what I am, uh, so he doesn't drink beer, so he's the most trustworthy employee we'll ever have, but he's, ap- <laughs> he's absolutely useless with uh, throwing a, a brewing idea or a beer idea to him or getting him to taste something new, because his response is pretty much the same the entire way through it. Mmm, tastes like beer. So the response we get from him is not too much. So um, Dad does a majority of the farming work. Uh, we're starting to transition a little bit in that uh, we got rid of cattle 18 months ago so that we could free up a bit of land for, for growing the barley and stuff. And I think we'll, we'll continue to transition a little further into the brewing side of things. If you ask dad, the brewery makes more money than the farm, so we, uh, we put a bit more attention into that.
0: I wonder if you've now explained why the IPA is called Motormouth. Yeah, so our, uh, our
1: beloved Motormouth IPA is, uh, is named after my father. So there's a, there, is a, there is quite a family theme running through. So the Duchess New World Barrel IPA is named after my mother. That's a, that's a nickname that she has for ruling the roost. Uh, the estate ales, as I said previously, are, are named after my three sons. There are a few other friends and family that would like beers named after them. Um, I haven't yet named one after myself. I'm not that, <laughs> I'm not that self-interested that I'll, uh, that I'll look to do one sometime soon. Um, yeah so there, there is a family theme running through there I mean it, it's brilliant I really enjoy it working with, with my father most days either on the farm or in the brewery is a, is a, is brilliant I really enjoy it the feedback that he gets is, is he won't like me saying this but he is an inspiration he, he rides 70 to 80 kilometers uh, of a morning um, before he rocks up at work and um, whilst at times his work ethic may not be the greatest he enjoys life to the tilt, and uh, if I can uh, if I can emulate that whilst uh, whilst being successful in
0: the brewery, then that'll be that'll be great for me and my family. And people who follow you on Instagram would have seen that Motormouth popped up in a can um, recently. So when's when's that happening, and how's it happening? Because you don't have a canning line on site. No, we don't have a canning line. We decided to go down the bottle route three years ago when we, we had the option we
1: thought the cans were probably going to be a little bit too at the forefront. Hindsight would have suggested that a canning line might be quite advantageous now. Uh, yeah, so we've brewed the beer during the week, the Motormouth IPA, uh, and then we've got East Coast Canning coming down on the 13th of December to to throw through a run, so that'll hopefully be all be gone by uh, Christmas. I'm looking to keep best part of 80% of what we produce for uh, my own Christmas and New Year uses, so we'll see what happens.
0: There's a lot of IPAs on the market now. What what does um, Motormouth offer in terms of hop character that um, you know you try and make it stand out from the rest? Yeah, so I'd, IPAs, as with a lot of brewers, are, are arguably my favorite or
1: one of my favorite styles of beer. So I actually held off for a period of time um, brewing an IPA because I had that much respect for the style that I did not want to do it discredit. Uh, when actually producing it so ours is a West Coast IPA we've got Amarillo and Mosaic Hop in there Um, and you're obviously getting a lot of those characteristic uh, flavours through there so a lot of um, sort of that grapefruit, melon, pine forest floor Um, I tasted it out of Tank this morning and there was a lot of nectarine flavours happening so um, yeah, West Coast IPA, 5.5% and entirely smashable
0: and then on the, um, the pale ale, that's an all-Tasmanian hop bill. Uh, was that sort of a conscious decision to with that beer to go with Galaxy and Enigma because they were Tasmanian hops?
1: Yeah, so all of our core range is uh, Tasmanian hops, so we made that decision probably three, four years ago that we had direct access to the HPA stock and it, and it made sense for us to to go down that route. Our parallel, we've done a fair bit of work with regards to recipe development and tweaking it and about 18 months ago we threw back to Galaxy, purely Galaxy, uh, and then we introduced Enigma probably 12 months ago and that Galaxy and Enigma mix really presented itself as the best hop match that we had in the beer whilst bringing through a lot of that malt uh, character that's also in the beer. So we found that Galaxy and Enigma were the, were the best two for us in that parallel.
0: And you've recently become board member of the Independent Brewers Association. Had you been part of the CBIA as it was previously called, from the outset? Uh, yeah. So I've always
1: been a, a member of the CBIA from uh, from the get-go, uh, and then yeah, 12 months ago, uh, was elected onto the board of the, the IBA, and that's been an invaluable experience. Um, sort of seeing the seeing the industry from a uh, from a top-down. Level and, and where we're trying to push the industry as a whole, um, stepping outside my microcosm of Van Damme Brewing and um, sort of seeing and appreciating and acknowledging everything that uh, that independent brewers are doing across the country, um, and and venues and suppliers and um, journalists and, and media is is absolutely invaluable. And I think it's given me perspective that um, that I didn't have 12 months ago, and something that's. Um, it reignited my passion for the brewing industry and particularly the, the Australian and, and Tasmanian brewing industry about what we can achieve and and where we can go as a, as a community and and what we what's actually there for the, for the taking and, and then bringing consumers along with us. So it's been really valuable um, that role and, and I look to fulfill it for another twelve months and then see where it goes from there.
0: Fantastic. And so for people who want to try the new beers, where can they find them and, and how are they sold? I think you're doing some kind of pack where you can buy all, all six of the beers together. Probably the best place to get them is through the website. That's where we can certainly guarantee
1: that they'll they'll all be there and, and um, available. So yeah, with six new beers, we've got a, a, a Christmas pack of 12, so two of each of the, the new releases that... Uh, should have gone on the website today, but we'll have it up on Monday, that uh, that people can buy and get
0: the best of both worlds and um, enjoy it and and have a brilliant Christmas. Well, um, congratulations on the launch of um, some of Australia's first estate ales, if not the first. And yeah, thanks for joining us on the program.
1: Beautiful, James. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming down. Look forward to enjoying a, uh, a few beers with you tonight.
0: Cheers. That was Will Tatchell. If you enjoy Radio Brews News and Beer as a Conversation, please rate us and leave a review on your favourite podcasting app, like iTunes. We look forward to joining you next time for another conversation about beer.